How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3 today, Monday, November 16th, 2020. Um, it is officially NBA trade day. Very happy for all that to be going on. We've already had some trades happen. And of course, joined once again by Cohen Hughes. Cohen, say what's up to everybody. People, people, what's going on? Happy uh, start to the NBA fiscal year. When it comes to transactions, I am so hyped to have the NBA back. December 22nd, me and Penland are doing NBA episodes, kind of rapid fire here, uh, one every few days. So we are getting back into the spirit of the NBA season. Oh, yeah. And like I said, guys, this is our three-part series. This is part two of three parts. Um, we got two more divisions for y'all to break down, and everything worked out perfectly, Cohen. We had the big splash here with OKC and the Suns making the blockbuster trade that me and you kind of predicted, actually, on our last episode. And yep. it just so happens that we are on the Southwest Division, so we'll start things off here with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Perfect segue into this trade. So this trade actually happened about 10 minutes into trades being open and everything. Um, the full trade details was the Suns receive Chris Paul, and in return, the Thunder receive Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, um, um, Jalen Lacree, I think that's how you pronounce it, and a 2020 first-round pick, all that reported by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Cohen, what do you think about this trade? Well, um, I, I think it's great to have Woj bombs back. Uh, we've been waiting all offseason for a nice Woj bomb. Um, I think this is a trade that benefits both teams. I think it's a little bit better in terms for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder to to be to be real um they get more players back i still think ricky rubio is a good nba point guard look at how well he was playing with the phoenix suns in the bubble um the the, the suns definitely won two with with the addition of chris paul because they are in a quasi win now mode because of you know some of the moves they made and the emergence of a few of the young guys especially having devin booker um i would say that this is a the trade that benefits both teams um, especially because both teams are kind of in different spots than they were a year ago. The Thunder are now kind of in this rebuild mode, and now the Suns are in kind of a win-now mode. So we'll see if the Suns can kind of make some noise in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, like we said, from the Suns' perspective, changes the whole um, changes the whole culture and everything for Phoenix. But from the Oklahoma City perspective, I like this trade a lot, actually. Um, I think Rubio will probably get dealt again, if I had to guess. I don't think he'll be there very long to stay. Even if he is, I don't hate it for the Suns just because, you know, you're not establishing that losing culture, and he's kind of a, you know, a good guy, I feel like, to help develop these guys. We saw how much the Suns were able to develop their team, and I honestly would like to give Rubio a lot of credit for that. I feel like he did a good job. But the centerpiece here is Kirli Kelly Oubre. I like the trade for Oklahoma City again because, you know, they kind of bring in a guy who's got two or three years' experience and finally took his game to another level, Oubre brings energy he brings intensity he can score he's great defender I think he's a good culture guy to have there I think they have two nice young pieces with him and SGA I think ultimately Ubre will kind of be their number three and they I mean they have 27 draft picks to build with here in the future so I mean with all those first round picks they have right there and next year probably being a super draft was in like it's going to be one of the most stacked drafts of all time is it next year's draft I think yes. Oklahoma City has set themselves up perfectly once again Sam Presti is an absolute genius. I mean, have you ever seen Sam Presti make a bad trade? If anything, if Sam Presti calls you and says he wants to trade for one of your young guys, you hang the phone up and you call that guy up and say, what do you need for us to get you an extension to stay here longer? Because he sees something that you guys do not. Um, and then I, I don't know if you guys heard, but they also traded Dennis Schroeder to the yep. Los Angeles Lakers for a 2020 first round pick, which will be the 28th 
overall pick from the Lakers this year. Um, I would be willing to say that Ricky Rubio will stay in Oklahoma City Thunder, especially for the through the end of this year, because with Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder both out, the Oklahoma City do not have another point mm-hmm. guard on the roster. So I'd like to say that Ricky Rubio will be the point guard in Oklahoma City throughout the end of this year. Um, I like the fact that they got a lot of players on the end of this trade and that they're stacking up draft picks for next year and an extra first rounder for this year. I would say that the Oklahoma City Thunder won this trade if it had to be won or lost on one side, but I do think this trade benefited both parties. Thomas, um, what did the Thunder do with Gallinari now? Did they let him walk or did they try to re-sign him? I like Gallinari walk. To be honest with you, Gallinari faded a lot in the bubble. He did not play very well. He looked older. Actually, that Schroeder trade, to be honest with you, I thought they should have asked for Kuzma. I think Danny Green is kind of worthless to have on this team, if not worthless in general. I mean, he can't I mean, he can't really hit threes anymore. His defense is whatever. I mean, I I guess he's kind of just a cold. I mean, look, I kind of like the culture though that Oklahoma City has going here because they have old veteran guys with experience to go along with these young guys they're trying to build up, which I think is more so the right way to build a young team rather than just throwing a bunch of young guys out there running around like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. Because, you know, th- these are the guys when you go on losing streaks or when you g- go play a big team, you know, kind of set the tone for this team and show them how to win. Um, all that being said, though, back to your question, I would personally like Gallinari walk. I think you don't want to pay big bucks out to guys right now, and I think you just kind of want to keep your cap space open and be open to making any kind of moves you can in the future. Yeah, I would be uh, – I'd, I'd be willing to tend to agree with you. Gallinari really isn't a huge fit in today's NBA. Um, of course, it all depends on what he's asking for, what he would resign for, because you could always use a good perimeter shooter in today's mm-hmm. NBA, but he doesn't really play all that good of defense. He's not a great passer. So if it's a live-or-die situation, I would let him walk. But um, it all depends on what he's going to ask for. And the same question for Andre Roberson. Are we going to try to bring him back this year for Oklahoma City? Absolutely not. Also, though, I think I think Gallinari fits well in today's NBA. Just as the question, if that like what we saw in the bubble was only a shell of him, and he was just off because it was the bubble, or like you know what I mean. If he's really aged like that, then I agree with you. But if he can actually run it back, I think he provides a lot of valuable skills you can use at the four in today's NBA. But Roberson, to me, you have to let walk. Look, I know a lot of people like Roberson's defense. Roberson could never play on my team because he's an absolute liability when it comes to shooting the ball, and he can't even shoot freaking free throws. Roberson could never play for me or for my team. Yeah, I'd be willing to agree. Um, I'm not really in on Roberson as a player. I think it gives you good effort, gives you good defense. But as we've seen with Ben Simmons, um, a lot of other guys, that just not being able to dribble and shoot really puts you at a, at a handicap in today's NBA where you have four out of the five guys on the court that can do it all. Yeah, I agree with you completely, Cohen. Um, let's move things now to Cohen's team. I try to split our teams up. I put my Hawks on another podcast so we can go in depth here with Cohen's squad, which is the Utah jazz. And so first thing I have written down here, Cohen for the jazz, do you think Mike Conley is going to try to opt into his player option and get that $34 million? Um, he would be dumb not to, um, he would, he wouldn't, he wouldn't get uh $25 million in this open market, especially coming off of a COVID season. Um, I, I, he played bad at the first part of the season last year, but in the bubble, he played better. And even before the bubble started, he was actually surging. So if I was him, um, I would definitely opt in. I wouldn't even give it and no consideration to not, to not opting in. Um, I think he can play re- really well for the Jazz for one more year. Um, he will be a unrestricted free agent at the, at the beginning of next year. 
So we'll see what happens with that. I still think Mike Conley is good. I don't think he's worth the 34 million, but Chris Paul's making 45. So it puts it into perspective, makes it a little bit easier to swallow for you. Um, the Jazz right here are going to go the conservative route like we always do for almost every offseason. Last year was the most aggressive offseason we've had in a long time, signing uh, Bogdanovich and Conley in the same offseason. The big question is for this team, um, there are actually there's two of them. The first one is, can Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert play together? I think they can because the bubble was fine to them. They, uh, lots of assists from, from, from Don to Rudy, lots of rebounds and outlet passes from Rudy to Don. What do you think? Do you think that relationship is doomed? Do you, do you think they're fine? I think their relationship's fine. I think that, honestly, if I'm the Jazz, yeah, it's going to suck that Mike Conley's going to opt into that $34 million contract because, you know, you'd like to think you could go out and get one or two guys that could help your team on offense with with that money, you know. But I personally think it's a good relationship. And really, you know, people forget they didn't have Bogdanovich in the bubble. I know you just said that a second ago, but I feel like not having him, though, was massive. I feel like if they had him, they probably could have got past the Nuggets. I mean, if you're the Jazz, you got to look at the step that Donovan Mitchell took forward, and you got to say, we got to get him a little scoring help. I think he can get that scoring help he needs from Bogdanovich. If I'm the Jazz, I kind of leave things the way that they are for now. But after this season's over, I look to go out and make a big splash in a stacked free agency class and try to get a number two to play next to Don. You know, I really think Mitchell took that next step in his development and is ready to kind of step into, you know, possibly a top 15 player, maybe even a top 10 player in this league. I mean, Mitchell's one of the better two-way players in the league already. If you put that with the offensive outputs he was putting in there and with the pressure that Bogdanovich can help take off him on the offensive end, I think the Jazz have something good going for him because, I mean, they already have their young guy they're going to build around for years to come. And, I mean, if they want, kind of want to change things up, they always have value in trading Gobert. I mean, Gobert's arguably the best defensive center in the entire NBA, so – I think the Jazz are in a good spot right now. I mean, it kind of sucks they're going to have to pay Conley one more year, but I think once he's off the books, it gives them a lot of flexibility in what they want to do with this roster. Yeah, this year we we won't be able to do much because of, of the whole Conley thing, and um, there's a few guys that we got kind of lingering around all, all, on the on the end of their deals, but I don't think people realize that Bogdanovich was our second leading scorer. Donovan Mitchell had 24 points a game, and Bojan had 21. He wasn't that far behind uh, Donovan Mitchell. He had the buzzer beater against your Houston Rockets. Um, also hit one against the Bucks. Like Bogdanovich was a really great player, and I have no doubt in my mind that we would have made it past the Denver Nuggets in the second round and given the Clippers a run for their money considering how bad they played. But it's going to be tough. Um, the, the next big question that, ha- that this Utah team has to answer is can we re-sign Jordan Clarkson? Um, he scored 16 points a game off the bench, and he was the sixth man that we always wanted and craved the last few years. I think he played really well. He had some bad streaks at sometimes, but he was sometimes the only guy that could score off the bench, especially games where Ingles would be cold or, you know, like we wouldn't have much output from the bench. Um, I think that they will re-sign uh, Jordan Clarkson. I think we can get him for – I don't know, because because like we do have the bird rights on it, considering the trade came over from Cleveland. So I think we will be able to go into the luxury tax a little bit and re-sign him. Um, this is the team that we're going to run it back with. It's always been the conservative, you know, kind of approach with with Utah. The offseason last year where, where we signed Mike Conley and Bogdanovich was the most aggressive offseason we've had in years. So we're just going to take our draft pick, pick whoever we're going to pick, and um, 
we're just going to try to run it back with a healthy Bogdanovich in the playoffs where I think we can win two series in the playoffs. I know that they're attached to the name Bobby Portis a bit, you know, maybe trade Ingles and Niang for Bobby Portis. I know that you hate Niang. Like he's like your least favorite basketball player in the NBA, but uh, a, a few guys around the league like him. He can hit an open three. He can't really rebound and play defense all that well, but he runs, he, um, he'll, he, he, he's a, he's a good passer and he can hit threes. So, the Jazz have been attached to the name Bobby Portis, but to be honest with you, I wouldn't expect much. I would say that we're going to run it back with exactly the same lineup we had this year. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good idea for the Jazz. Go ahead and run things back. I, like I like you said though, got to try to bring back Clarkson. And if you can't bring back Clarkson, you need somebody to provide that there to supply some more scoring off the bench. So we're going to be in trouble if, if we can't. I'll tell you that Jordan Clarkson was probably one. I would say anywhere from six to eight games for us last year because everyone else on the team would be cold, but he would come in and give you a quick 12 in a single quarter and the other team just wouldn't know how to stop him. Yeah. See the thing with Jordan Clarkson that I feel like the uh, Schneider's good at, mo- at monitoring on him is that some nights, you know, Clarkson comes out there and he'll chuck up 10 shots and hit one of them, but Schneider's yep. good at sending him far down the bench, but there's some nights where he'll come out there and, t- and chuck up 10 shots and make nine of them. And that's when you yep. got to get him the ball more. And I feel like Schneider's good at gauging which Jordan Clarkson is out there running around on the court. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, that the Utah Jazz, even without Bogdanovich, held two out of the top three real plus-minus lineups in the NBA last year. Um, the, the 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 lineup with Ingles, uh, it was Ingles, Clarkson, Mitchell, um, Gobert, and then somebody else was the actually like top-rated lineup in terms of plus-minus in the NBA. So Snyder's really good at making rotations. He's really good at you know knowing guys' personality and kind of reading them on uh, on a night-in, night-out basis. So I do think we have a really great coach in Quinn Snyder. We just can't blow any more 3-1 leads to the Denver Nuggets. Yep, you're. I agree with everything you said there, Cohen. Um, speaking of the Denver Nuggets, you segued us perfectly, Cohen. Let's talk about the Nuggets here. So big offseason here for the Nuggets. They finally saw, you know, this, this playoff team take, an, take the next step and have the two big comeback wins from down 3-1. You have Paul Millsap coming – or you have his salary off your books, and he's one of the top five highest paid players in the league. What do you do here if you're the Nuggets this offseason? Uh, Paul Millsap doesn't do enough for me. Even even whenever he was in Atlanta, he didn't do enough for me to kind of keep him on the books and warrant that, that high of play. Um, mm. If you can kind of get him off the books – you know, just any way you can, I would, I would be willing to think that'd be the best option. Uh, bring in somebody else and pay him half of what he's worth. And then you could get almost the same output that you got from Paul Millsap. Yeah. I'm in complete agreement with you. I honestly think it's the perfect um, kind of segue for Grant to take over as the starting power forward in Denver. I thought he did a lot for him with defense. Also, will the thrill Barton was not there in the bubble for them. And he's one of their best scorers. If anything, I think the nuggets don't need to make too many big changes. I think they need to be bring back Grant and they need to not tie money up long-term so they can keep their young guys around. Um, this team, once they got Gary Harrison there, changed their entire defensive complexion. Jamal Murray transformed and took his game from, I said to my roommate, I said, Jamal Murray went from an 82 in 2K to an 80 to a 92. That's how much he went off in the bubble. I mean, Jamal Murray played at a different level. I think you just got to keep building off what you saw at the end of the bubble there with this Nuggets team. Just keep running with that lineup, man. I mean, this team's young. Porter's only going to keep getting better. Jamal Murray's probably still going to keep getting better. Jokic's going to keep getting better. This is a fun young team to watch. I think they just need to keep resigning these veterans and keep these veteran guys around, but they need to have that money ready to go to pay these other guys long-term. But Nuggets are in a great spot. They'll be a top three team in the West again this year. I have written down 
run it back, not with a question mark, but with an explanation point. Denver Nuggets had a really good playoff run, and um, I think they should just run it back. Jokic is the premier big man in today's NBA. Um, Jamal Murray had an excellent playoffs. I think he played a little bit better than Mitchell did just because he had a few less careless turnovers and a few more, you know, kind of clutch buckets, um, and that's and that's a lot. Um, you got Mason Plumley coming off the books, as, as well as uh, Noah Vonla and um, Paul Millsap. So if you can find just any sort of – entry-level replacement for those guys, I think you're in just as good a spot as you were last year, if not. Hey, I think you hit the nail on the head completely right there, Cohen. I love it. Nuggets seems to be fun to watch. This is a team I'm going to keep my eye on, and it's going to be one of the main teams when they're playing. It's going to be on my TV almost every single time. Next up is the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Wolves, whatever they go by nowadays. Um, they ended up making a blockbuster um, trade right before the end of last season that brought in D'Angelo Russell. The only problem is they pretty much sent out their draft pick for next season, um, which is unprotected. Um, so that's 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 huge right there. What do you think is the biggest thing that they need to do this offseason, Cohen? Um, I think they have to answer answer this question first is, um, are you building a round cat or are you going to try to ship him off and get a lot of other little pieces to kind of create a complete team? For me, I don't know if, if Carl Anthony Towns, you can build around him in today's NBA. I don't know if he has the talent. Um, I think that he has some obvious motor issues and some obvious, you know, kind of maturity issues that he needs to get around. D'Angelo Russell is a great player to bring in. I love D'Angelo Russell. He's an instant bucket. He's like the better version of Jordan Clarkson with starting minutes because uh, Clarkson is good off the bench but D'Angelo Russell is good with a lot of minutes and he he, he can shoot himself a good pace over the night um if you are going to build around KAT I don't know man um all, all you can do is just keep on hitting these early draft picks maybe you know like if you're going to stay at number one or if you're going to trade down depends on who you get Ant Edwards or, or, or Wiseman I don't know you just need to get some good defenders in there and you need to um just tighten up because as a whole the Minnesota has been playing a very sloppy brand of basketball and you've had a real revolving door of players the last few years if you can just get a good coach in to, to hammer in some culture, build around KT and give it an actual legit shot. I think you might can compete for the playoffs, but they're just in a bad spot, dude. There are too many good, good teams in the West. And honestly, no matter what they do, they're going to be on, on, on the lower end of the, of the playoff seating or the yeah, higher see, end, whichever, whichever, whichever way you want to call it. Yeah. See, Cohen, I think you hit the nail on the head. Look, I'm gonna have to, unfortunately, uh, the first part of what you said about deciding if you want to build around Cat or not, they already made their decision by shipping out that first-round pick and bringing in D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns played AAU ball together growing up, as well as Devin Booker played with them. So they pretty much made their decision to build around Cat by bringing his boy in here. They're tied pretty much to Cat and Russell for a long time going ahead after everything they gave up. I have written down they have to hit a home run on this number one overall pick. They cannot afford to draft another Andrew Wiggins. They cannot afford to waste this number one pick here because they don't have a draft pick next year. They can't afford to fall in the lottery. They need to make the jump and make the playoffs. That's what they have to do. They have to hit a home run on this first overall pick. Look, if whoever they, they pick. If they have to hit a home run, then you can't draft the ball, kid. LaMelo Ball. I think he can be a good draft pick, but I think he's too risky. You have to do Wiseman or Ant Edwards. I'm a big fan of Ant-Man Edwards just because I, we got to see him play the most because he went to the University of Georgia, and that's the TV market that we're in. But you have to bring in one of those, those, those two guys, Wiseman or Edwards. If you have to hit a home run, and this draft is as important as you say it is, you have to pick one of those two. 
We'll see, I don't think you can pick Wiseman. I think you have to say, tell Cat he's your center. I think he's the prototypical center in today's NBA with the way he can shoot the ball and handle it. I think he's one of those players that's an outlier, outlier player that gives you lots of mismatches here. Um, look, I think that I'm not sold on, on Anthony Edwards, to be honest with you. I've seen players, like, look at Trey Young when he played at Oklahoma. You can say, oh, he didn't have players around him and whatnot. But, I mean, look what Trey Young did when he's at Oklahoma. He took his team to the tournament. This Georgia team was below 500 with Edwards. Edwards has lots of holes in his game. Honestly, I'm not convinced he's not another Andrew Wiggins. I mean, you have to trust. This is where you have to trust your scouting. You have to trust your scouting if you make a pick here with this pick or if you trade it and go back in the draft to get more assets and you take a guy maybe three or four picks later or if you've scouted LaMelo Ball enough and you think he's the home run guy. I think you cannot afford to mess this pick up. I could be wrong about Ant-Man Edwards. I'm not a draft scout. I'm just saying what I've seen personally. I think you have to be 100% sure in your pick here or you trade it and trade back and kind of get some assets. But they cannot afford to mess this pick up. They mess this pick up. They're not going to have a lottery pick next year. And this will be the same old Timberwolves team that's sitting around in the lottery doing nothing as usual. Um, who's who's going to start at point guard for this team next year, Russell or Beasley? Yeah, and, um, Ru- definitely Russell. Malik Beasley plays shooting guard, so I don't think there's any way you'd play. play. Um, I mean, I th- I have him right like, here as, as a point guard. His, you know, 22 really? points a game were looking pretty good. Like, And he doesn't make as many mistakes as Russell does, but Russell has a way higher ceiling than he does. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Beasley's a good player to build around. Beasley's actually a guy that is from my area growing up and everything. Played basketball against him a couple times growing up. But um, I think Beasley's a really good player, and I think he finally got out of that Denver. But he's kind of stuck in that Denver backcourt and kind of shuffled around in all those guards. Whenever he got playing time, he's always consistent. I think he's a good young player to have. I like Okogie's defense. Um, Jarrett Culver is a good young guy who they need to keep trying to develop as well. And if they don't think he's going to develop, they need to try to get rid of him if they're going to trade that number one pick, kind of attach him with that number one pick because they used a top 10 pick on Culver. So, I mean, they have players that can develop and everything, I guess. I mean, I think Russell's really their only choice at point guard unless they want to go with LaMelo Ball or there's another guy in this draft like maybe Killian Hayes or somebody like that that they like at the point guard position. But, yeah, see, I, I feel like this team can't afford to make any mistakes, though, Cohen. Like, they have to like they have to know what they're doing here and they have to make the right decisions or else they're going to be stuck in the lottery with no lottery pick and no way to get better. So so if this draft is as important as you say it is, um, and then you're not sold on Ant-Man Edwards, um, it looks like to you, if you were the GM of the, uh, of the T-Wolves, you would trade down. You would, you, you would compile some assets. Look, I am sold on LaMelo Ball. I would take LaMelo Ball if I was them. I personally think they're going to take Ant-Man Edwards. I would trade back over taking Ant-Man Edwards. See, me and you have – I have it the flip the other way. I wouldn't take the ball, kid. I would take Edwards or, or pass. Yeah, see, I mean, who, who knows? I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say you're not right on that one. You know what I mean? It's yet to be determined. Uh, just from the way that I analyze prospects, I don't like what I saw that much. I, I He showed good flashes, but I didn't like what I saw that much out of him. Yeah, and then just, just to beat on your um, your Oklahoma versus Georgia college basketball, you know, kind of – kind of thing is Oklahoma is a way better team without Trey Young than Georgia was without Ant-Man Edwards. So Not that year though, they lost so many players after out from that final four team. They had two years before that they were barely, they shouldn't even have been a tournament team, which with Trey Young in there. I mean, whenever Trey Young, when basically whenever Trey Young didn't score 25 plus and have 10 assists, they lost every single game that season. And I think people underestimate how tough it is to make it to the tournament from the SEC because you, you there are so many other good SEC teams like Kentucky, even like teams like Alabama who have been playing well the past few years. Like it's tough to make the tournament in the SEC. 
Cohen, the Big 12 and the ACC are the two best conferences for basketball. Uh, I, I think people underrate the SEC when it comes to basketball. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I think the SEC's, I think the SEC's gotten a lot better, but I don't think they're the Big 12 at the ACC. Uh, we'll see. Hey, we'll see. I mean, Minnesota can't – let's put it this way. Minnesota cannot afford to keep making the bad decisions they've had that have made them the Timberwolves for the past 15 years. They haven't been good since they had Kevin Garnett and besides that one year they had Jimmy Butler. With, with Any, the track record, we're saying that they should probably trade trade down for the pick. <laughs> with the track record, they're they're going to – whatever they do is going to be the wrong move. The wrong the pick, yeah, record. literally. They, they, can't, <laughs> they can't win. With, with this track record, they might as well just sell the fucking team. <laughs> yeah move states change names yeah they're, they're, it's not looking too good the last team here is a team i'm kind of a fan of i'm a big damian lillard fan is the portland trailblazers and i'll start us off here with this one so they did not have trevor ariza while they were in the bubble so that's a good thing he'll be back they didn't have zach collins or Joseph nurkic in the regular season they had them in the bubble and we saw the difference that nurkic made for this team when he came back zach collins was banged up in the bubble he's another great player Hassan whiteside's a free agent who i know for a fact they will not bring back and they shouldn't bring back yeah i like what the blazers have but look they have two options here option number one is they trade zach collins and a couple other pieces and try to bring in a fourth star maybe try to bring in Gordon Hayward from the Celtics. I think it would make a lot of sense. I think the Celtics would like to acquire Zach Collins. I think Zach Collins is a really good player, lots of talent. They could throw in a couple other guys in that deal. But I actually think that they need to trade C.J. McCollum. Look, Damian Lillard is does so much for this team on offense. He used to play so many minutes night in and night out. He's such a good player that we've seen he fades in the playoffs, not because that he's not clutch like that or he's not built like that, just because he has to do so damn much for this team to win. We even saw in the bubble. It was like Dame, if Dame didn't go, Dame was scoring 50 points in the bubble and barely winning games. It's like he has to do so much because this team can't play any defense. CJ McCollum is a great isolation scorer. He's a great number two to play with Damian Lillard, but he cannot defend to save his damn life. It's an obvious choice who you keep between Dame and McCollum. I think, unfortunately, you have to move McCollum. Look, call me crazy. But this Blazers team, if you want to get any better, I mean, what they've been doing, they've not been getting better. They have to do something to shake the roster up and get better. And I think trading McCollum is the move to do that for them. And um, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that even we saw that Nurkic wasn't the same player that he was in the bubble as he was last season. Um, he didn't look as good as he did. And imagine if they would have had I mean, the, the difference that he made, even at 75% of himself, made them so much better in the bubble. Um mm-hmm. I was reading um, a little bit of hoopshype.com before before the podcast, just trying to get like you know a few ideas, trying to think outside the box. And uh, they they have written down almost exactly what you said. Um, it says the aggressive approach would be to trade CJ McCollum and Zach Collins to the to the Boston Celtics for uh, Jalen Brown and Daniel Thice. I think that um, that bringing in Hayward over those two guys would probably be a better upgrade than Brown and Tice would. But they do need Tice to kind of have some uh, center depth behind Nurkic because Collins can't seem to. Find a way to either a get big or b stay healthy. Yeah, I think we hit the nail on the head right there. I'm actually glad, Cohen, that you're on that you're on the same page as me. I know a lot of people kind of hate that take that you have trade CJ, but look, it's just kind of like, are you satisfied with mediocrity and with what you've been doing? I think if you're the Blazers, Damian Lillard is one of the ten best players in the league. Honestly, he's one of the most clutch players in the league. He's top five in the league in the la- for the pretty much the last three years in second half and fourth quarter scoring in the final three minutes of the game. Him, James Harden, and Trey Young are the highest rated players in the entire NBA. 
I mean, looking at all those numbers and everything, you know, you have your clutch guy. You can lead your team. I really think Damian Lillard is the kind of guy who can be the bet number one on a championship team. I think you can even have Nurkic as your two, but they have to do something to shake the roster up. I really like that trade you said right there to bring in Jalen Brown to play with Dame. I mean, if you could have a reason Brown's defense to go with Dame's scoring, I mean, that is something else right there. And to me, this isn't, I mean, maybe to you as well, but this isn't necessarily a knock on McCollum. We saw kind of the same thing whenever John Wall got hurt this past year, the emergence of um, of Bradley Beal. It's -hmm. not that we dislike Bradley Beal or CJ McCollum. They they just need to be on their own team to kind of shine. They need to have, they they need to be ball dominant instead of being the secondary fiddle on a team in in order to show their skill set. It's not like we dislike these guys. It's just that you can be too rich in the backcourt and not enough touches to go around. Mm-hmm. You hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, I don't think McCollum can be the number one on a on a good team in the league, but I think like McCollum would play. You know what I mean? Like he would play well next to like a certain guy. You know what I mean? Like shoot, maybe do some sort of trade that involves Middleton and McCollum getting swapped for each other. I mean, I don't think that's a horrible trade yes, or even right I, there. I, I was about to say a, a, a guy like McCollum would probably be better playing with the dominant big who can mm-hmm. kind of open up. Like to me, like we're not thinking. I'm not talking about a five on five. I'm talking about just a dream matchup. A dream matchup for McComb would be playing with a guy like uh, Nurkic or a Jokic. You know, like someone who can yeah. also dribble away and kind of get things open and then find McCollum where he can be the primary shooter, but the primary playmaker. Yeah. And McCollum can play without the ball in his hand and play off ball. We yep. see him do it all the time in Portland. So, hey, I, I, I like all those right there, Cohen. I think you got to move on from. I don't know if Portland's got the balls to do it, but they don't. They don't. I, I I agree 100% with you. They should. It's the right move for the franchise, but I don't think they have the nuts sack to do it. Yep, 100%. I'm glad we agree on that one. That's a, that's a big-time take. That's how you know me and Cohen know what we're talking about over here. Next up, we're going to switch back over to the Eastern Conference. Let's go with the Central Division. This division has been dominated by the Milwaukee Bucks, but I think this is the biggest and most important offseason possibly in franchise history for this Bucks team. That's right. We said in franchise history for this Bucks team. Cohen, do you agree with me? Eric Bledsoe has to freaking go. I have it written in all caps on my sheet. Yeah, um, I was a fan of, of the Bledsoe experiment, and I'm kind of biased because I love Eric Bledsoe whenever I was a Clippers fan back in the day. But the last year and a half, he has shown me that he is not a starting point guard in today's NBA. Maybe he's too old. Maybe he's lost a step. Maybe he was never good enough. But if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you cannot continue to throw money at Eric Bledsoe and let him eat up minutes in this offense. Yeah, see, I said even from day one when they signed Eric Bledsoe, this was the wrong signing for them. Eric Bledsoe did not fit this team. He does not fit this offense. I said pay Malcolm Brogdon, let Bledsoe walk. And, I mean, it showed. Bledsoe disappears in the playoffs. He disappeared the last two years in the playoffs and was one of the main reasons why the Bucs got as far as they got in the playoffs and got ended up getting sent home early both times. I think Eric paying Eric Bledsoe was a foolish use of money. I mean, I agree with you. I like Bledsoe as a player. I thought he's a fun player in Phoenix. I thought he was a fun player when he was on the Clippers. I loved watching him even when he was in college at Kentucky. I have nothing against Eric Bledsoe personally. I thought he was the wrong signing for this team. And ultimately, they're going to have to find a way to get rid of him now in his massive contract. Look, the Bucs have to do something to break this team up. They cannot afford to lose Giannis. I personally think they should trade Giannis. I know that's not going to happen because you don't want to be the GM to trade Giannis. But I think it's closer than you might think. I think I, I, I think it's a real possibility. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you can't let Giannis walk and leave you hanging high and dry after this offseason, which is probably what's going to end up happening here if you're for the Bucs. I mean, Giannis is so much value. He's probably the most valuable player in the league. Every single team except for probably the Lakers would give you a call about trading for Giannis. I mean, 29 out of 30 teams in the league would give you a call to make this trade happen. I think if you're the Bucs, you need to go ahead and do it. You need to say, look, you either sign the Supermax and you sign with us long term or you're out of here. Go ahead, do one of the two. I mean, this roster, it's not a horrible roster, but they've just made the wrong signings to in general i mean milwaukee with this team is still going to win this division they're still probably going to have the number one record in the east and they still aren't going to win the nba finals or even make it to the finals they will get bounced in the first round i think they have to do something big i think you have to trade bledsoe trade middleton brooke lopez any of these guys you got to make some sort of blockbuster trade happen i really think bringing mccollum would be the blockbuster move that they need to do that probably won't end up happening but i mean it, it's got to happen Cohen. they have to shake this roster up um, I've said it before on on my podcast and your podcast, probably more, more namely, um, that Coach Mike Budenholzer is a top five coach in the NBA. I've said top three before. Mike Budenholzer was at his best whenever he had zero superstars to coach, whenever it was five regular-ass starters working together in Atlanta, and I think that's what he needs to replicate again in Milwaukee. I have no personal, you know, kind of kind of affiliation with the Bucks, so I could care less whether they would trade Giannis or not. But if I'm the GM, you trade Giannis, you oversell him like hell to some team who will give you the moon and back for him, and you stack up picks, and you create a team that Mike Budenholzer can actually coach. Or you get rid of Mike Budenholzer and bring in a guy like Tyra, on Lou who can sit there and who can who can coach quote unquote superstars and who can deal with their with their attitudes and their minutes and their and their reactions and their touches because Mike Budenholzer and Giannis is not a marriage that will work we've seen them kind of you know have the best record in the regular season because Budenholzer is a great coach and Giannis is a great player but when it comes time to scheme scheme, scheme them open in the playoffs and when, when push comes to shove they do not work well together something has to happen I agree with you 100% something has to happen to, to this lineup you paid the on guys I don't think Chris Milton is the guy I think he's too streaky for, for this team whenever this team is starved without buckets he's not a guy who can step up and give you a bucket every night this team needs to be broken up some of the rookies kind of the, they've kind of hit or miss on Pat Connaughton Dante DiVincenzo um, the Lopez brothers I I don't think this team is an NBA caliber or an NBA title team right now with one or two moves they can be in that conversation but my personal decision, if I was the GM of this team, ship Giannis off to the Heat, make them give you the house for him, and then just restart. Yeah, I, th I mean, I think it's – I think Giannis is, will not be on the Bucks team next year. Let's put it that way. Regardless, I mean, if you make these trades here, you can't trade all these first-round picks. You're going to lose your entire future as a basketball team and be left high and dry with no Giannis. I mean – it's not looking good here for this Milwaukee Bucks. If you were, say. if you were Giannis, would you re-sign if 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 your free agency was up next year? Because I sure wouldn't. Hell they no. haven't shown they haven't shown that they could put anything around me to help me. I'm doing everything myself. I'm having to play football, basketball, just just to get a damn layup. I, if I was Giannis, I wouldn't re-sign. So if I was them, I would re-sign. I, I would trade Giannis while the market is still super hot, and you could get the most for him. It would be like trading Mike Trout in baseball. Some team would have to give you the farm system for him, and guess what? Somebody would. Um. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Cohen. Somebody's gonna. Somebody's got to do it. You know, it might I, be. It a, wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be me. I wouldn't mortgage my future for one player, no matter who it is. But so, somebody will. Hey, Kristaps Porzingis, 
two future first round picks down the road for Giannis. You pair Giannis with Luca. I think you got something right there. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you can put that that many tall guys on the same team like the like the Mavericks are doing now, but they had a good playoff run and they got some shooters, so who knows. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, hey, it'll be fun to see what happens. I would love to see a Giannis trade. I mean, if Giannis and Harden both got traded, I can't remember the last time the two two top five players were traded in the same offseason. So. And, and Chris Paul. Got, I mean, like this, this would be so many different jerseys in, in this year in the NBA. So many – the NBA store would, 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 would do so much business because everybody has to buy new jerseys. Yeah, that's – if anything, that's what the NBA wants to see. Yeah. Um, next team here in the uh, – in the, um, in our central division is the Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers made the playoffs last year. Um, I think it's a big time off season. Apparently Victor Oladipo says he wants to stay and be a Pacer. So it looks like he's staying or sticking around here. Cohen, I think the number one question you got to say is who are you choosing? Miles Turner or Simonis? Cause I mean, it's clear the Pacers offense was so much better when they played TJ Warren at the four TJ Warren played in the four at Phoenix and he almost averaged 30 points a game when he was at the four in Phoenix, when he plays power forward, TJ Warren has proven that he's one of the better scores in this league. I think he's your power forward. Who's playing center for you. Um, I mean, it's going to have to be Turner. Um, Oh, yeah, it, it, it's going to have to be Turner. I, I don't I mean, I like me personally. I like Sabonis at, at the power forward. Um, TJ Warren scores more, but Sabonis hits hits more rebounds and more assists. So and, and their block numbers are similar. So that's the lineup I'm running with. I like Sabonis a little bit more as a player. TJ Warren is probably good in that certain spot, but I, I would have to run it back with Sabonis. Yeah, I'm keeping Sabonis. I'm shipping Turner out. Turner's a good yeah. defensive guy. His offensive game is not quite there. They didn't have Sabonis when they were in the bubble, so that hurt this team a little bit. I think TJ Warren is the answer for – I mean, look, when you're starting five is Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo, Warren at your fi- at your four, at Sabonis at your five, plug in whatever you trade Turner for or even put Jeremy Lamb at the three and you have and trade Turner for a sixth man or something. I think you have a really good team and a playoff team consistently in the Eastern Conference and honestly a team that can play with a lot of these teams. I mean, this Pacers, that Turner and Sabonis lineup is an old NBA lineup. The Pacers had one of the worst scoring percentages and their scoring averages in the league when they were on the on the court together. Um, I think that you mean we've seen it. It doesn't work out. They got to make something happen here. Well, let's see what um Let's see what the new coach, Nate uh, Bjorken, does. I, th- I think part of the problem was with Nate McMillan. I think Nate McMillan is a classical basketball coach who kind of – the game has kind of passed him by a little bit. I'll see what happens with him uh, with the Hawks as an assistant coach. I think he'll end up being the Hawks head coach whenever Lloyd Pierce kind of gets shit-canned. But um, we'll see what happens. I, I want to get this new, you know, kind of guy with the old Raptors system in there and then see how the scoring kind of increases because that, that's what the Raptors did a lot of, the score. So um, I want to wait and see how the new head honcho does things before we make an actual decision on that. Eh, I would go ahead and make the move, but I agree with you. I like the signing of York and I think he's going to fix things and make this team a lot better moving ahead. So I would still go ahead and make the trade now and go ahead and get something this offseason so you can put it all together to start the season off. Um, Up next is the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls obviously missed the playoffs and find themselves at the number four pick on Wednesday night. It feels weird to say Wednesday night. That's how close we are to the draft. It's going to be awesome. Um, first off, Cohen, I mean, what, what, what do you think the Bulls need to do this offseason? 
Well, I think they did take one step in the right direction hiring Billy Donovan. We've heard from a lot mm-hmm. of the young players that they didn't like a few of the old coaches because they made them run too much, which I think is a bullshit excuse. But they were mean. They were kind of classic NBA coaches. They didn't really, you know, like listen to the players for advice and kind of how to run which sets. I think Billy Donovan is a good players coach. He's a good mix of old classic style and a players coach because he was a coach in college and you have to be a players coach in college. Um, I would like to see the Chicago Bulls hang on to Lori Markkinen. I know a lot of people say trade Lori Markkinen, but um, I'm, I'm one of the guys that wants to hold on to him. I think that if they do want to make a splash, whether it's good or it's bad, they could get involved in the Russell Westbrook sweepstakes. I've heard a lot of people talk about how they should be involved in the, in the Russell Westbrook sweepstakes and kind of put everything in on him to kind of get them over the hump for the next maybe, I don't know, two years until they can build um, build some more up in the draft and get a few more good players. I had, I had a trade. Uh, here it is. Um, I have written down right here on uh, Hoops Hype, uh, one of the websites I, I was reading earlier, is that they should maybe trade Otto Porter. He hasn't he hasn't really been everything they wanted to. Uh, they mm-hmm. want to draft that o- Okawongu kid at number four or the Denny Abicha kid at number four, um, re-sign Napier and Torrey Craig. But I think that I'm not in love with Russell Westbrook, but I don't see how Russell Westbrook could possibly fuck this team up because they don't have much going on for him anyway. I would love to see a guy like Russell Westbrook play with Laurie Markkinen, but um, I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I don't know if anybody has, you know, kind of the resources to ship out to get Russell Westbrook back for, but uh, I think it would definitely be fun. They do have a lot of cat space comparatively right at about $21 million right now. So um, you can go out and sign one guy, maybe trade for Westbrook, and you got a decently competitive team in the world. West or the East? Um, to be honest with you, Cohen, I think the Bulls already have a good roster. I like their roster a lot. They have so many good young guys. Kobe White started to come out right there at the end of the season. Marketing uh-huh. battled injuries all year, but I still think when marketing can play like when he was two years ago, he can play at a high level and be really good. Um, their old head coach, Jim Boylan, was not using Wendell Carter to the fullest of extent. I think Wendell Carter could be one of the better big men in this league. He's a beast inside. Um, they have Thaddeus Young and Zach Levine kind of giving those veterans. Only problem is Otto Porter Jr. is making $28 million. I don't know if anybody will want to take that salary off their hands, so they might be stuck with that salary for one more year. I think the Bulls need to use this number four pick here, make the right choice with it. I don't know who the right choice is. I like kind of like the Dingy. I kind of like Killian Hayes here. I think there's a lot of ways they can go with this pick, but ultimately I think the Bulls just need to keep this young talent. I don't think they need to make any moves, keep the roster the way it is, play one year out with this young talent. If you're in the lottery again, your good news is it's going to be the most stacked draft draft we've seen probably in the last, besides that Trey Young draft, it'll probably be go down as a top five most stacked draft of all time. Make your pick in that one or trade your pick in that one and then make your move towards being a winning team. I think trading for Russell Westbrook is the wrong decision if you're Chicago. I think they just need to keep building on what they have. They have so many, I like, I love all the young talent, young guys they have on this team. Um, I think they're built the right way. I think it's about time, though, to just let just let the guys keep getting better. Next year is your year if you're Chicago. Um, they kind of suffered from the same problem that Indiana did. Uh, their starters really didn't score that much, or they didn't have a lot of consistent scores mm-hmm. that, that they played every night. Um, it came from different sources night in and night out, and maybe we could put that on Jim Boylan for not using the guys correctly, or we can just say these kids are young and, and they haven't really found a way to carve out a good role in the NBA yet. Um, you talked about Kobe White. Um, I like uh, Sadoransky. I like um, Archidiakono. Hell, I even like that Luke Cormett guy from who, where Vanderbilt. I, um, I like him a mm-hmm. lot. Um, 7-1 playing forward. I think he's really good. I, I think you're right. I think they have a good 
roster in terms of talent, but I don't think they have a good team. I think a lot of these guys won't be Chicago Bulls at the end of next year. Um, I think there will be some talent shipped out for a new superstar, especially because um, a guy like a guy like Billy Donovan can, can use superstars the, the right way. Um, he's mm-hmm. had a revolving door roster in Oklahoma city for the past, what, three, four years. And he's found a good way to make it to the playoffs and play well in the playoffs the last three out of the last four years. So um, I would like to see a guy like Russell Westbrook. It doesn't have to be Russell Westbrook, but I would like to see a superstar to, uh, come to Chicago and kind of raise the play of these young guys and kind of show them how to be professionals and show them what it takes to win in, in, in the NBA. Because if you're going to throw up just a lot of young guys out there, you're, you're, really not going to learn and you're not going to win. So you might as well have a few vets to kind of come in and lead the system, especially with a guy like Denzel Valentine. Like you got like hella young guys, but just one or two good vets, really good vets. I mean, you could even call it a superstar to kind of carve out a good young role for these, uh, for these guys and actually try to make it to the playoffs in the East. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. I think that next year is more their year. So when you have all this young talent, man, you can't, you don't want to do anything too soon. You know what I mean? I feel like that all these young guys still have another year, unless like you really know one of these young guys has kind of become the best version of themselves. Then that's kind of when you can sell up to a team and, you know, kind of rip them off. But I think the bulls are in a decent spot here. I think they just need to be patient and not kind of jump the gun on things. Up next, the last two teams in this division. First off, I want to say this is that this is easily the weakest division in all of basketball. I mean, these last the for the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Pistons are all not making the playoffs this year. That being said, let's go here with the Cavs. They're kind of the same team as the Pistons as well. Um, I have written down and keep building in the draft. Um, look, the Cavs, they have one of the higher picks up in this draft. I believe they they pick uh fifth in this draft. They're right in front of the Hawks. So I mean, if you're the Cavs, man, you lost LeBron. You pretty much went all in to win those championships, and you went all in to win for LeBron. Now you're reaping the percussions here. You still have Kevin Love. I would try to move on from Kevin Love and get anything of value in return for him. I mean, we saw last year when he got mad at Colin Sexton for dribbling around. I think Colin Sexton is a great young player to build around. You already have Darius Garland at your point guard who you want to build around in the future. Fortunately, you're kind of tied to Andre Andre Drummond a little bit. I think you come out here, you use your pick, and you get a 3 and D wing or a guy who's athletic that can play defense for you and score the basketball as well. It's important the Cavs do a good job with this pick, but it's also important that the Cavs find themselves high up in the draft next year because, I mean, they can really find their guy to fully finish off this rebuild and be ready to take the next step. Um, you you absolutely have to move on from Kevin Love. Kevin Love isn't a lost case. I still think he's a good even starter mm-hmm. in today's NBA. Um, I would like to see even like the Utah Jazz like make a move for him. Um, but you have to move on from him if you're the Cavaliers. He's just taking up space on the roster and money. Um, get your salary dumps. If you want to call it tanking, call it tanking. But get your young guys that you do have like Exum, like Darius Garland, like you know Larry Nance, like your like your boy Colin Sexton, um, and then get rid of guys like Tristan Thompson and, and, and Kevin Love, and just start the rebuild now. Hit the hard reset button instead of holding on to these guys like Delvadova, Love, and uh, Chetty Osman, um, and Tristan Thompson. Just kind of you know actually really start over instead of just doing this half 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 or, uh, restart. Um, Lots of guys expect Tristan Thompson to re-sign, but I'm just not seeing it. I think a team that's really thirsty for a starting center 
uh, rebounder like the, you know, like the uh, Golden State Warriors, uh, like we talked about the other day. Um, I, I think they could use the services of Tristan Thompson, but I do think you have to move on from those two guys specifically. Um, Kevin Love, I see right here they have written down, like just salary dump him and then take Cody Zeller for him from the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know if I love that, but just get something for him, even if it's a draft pick or two, get something for those two guys and just ship him out and just continue with the rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to keep this rebuild going here, man. And it's it sucks. You've got to keep on grinding it out. Trust me, as a Hawks fan, I know exactly how it is. Rebuilds suck, but hopefully you make the, your front office makes the right decisions and makes them short and sweet. Yeah, um, I like I, I like Chetty Osmond. I like Larry Nance. I like Darius Garland. Um, I'm not I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Dante Exum because of what happened, you know, with him in the Utah Jazz. How he just couldn't stay healthy. And when he did, he just wouldn't play well. Um, I love Alfonso McKinney. I love um, Colin Sexton. But you just got to kind of hit the actual hard reset button. Get rid of all of LeBron's cronies. That time is over. You cashed it all in for 2016, and it was worth it. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But hit the- Hit the hard reset and get this train moving because uh, the NBA is starting to pass you by if you're going to keep on taking on these bad contracts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, you can't keep eating these bad contracts like that, but at the same time, got to do what you got to do. Um, Anyway, last team on here is the Detroit Pistons, and I have the same thing written. Keep building for the draft. I mean, honestly, Cohen, how funny would it be if Russell Westbrook got traded to the Pistons and Blake Griffin, I mean, that's kind of where NBA players are sent to die. I think we can all agree Detroit's probably easily the one franchise you want to play for. Yes, I know they have championships, but who really wants to live in Detroit? How funny would it be if Russell Westbrook got banished out to go join Blake Griffin in Detroit? Well, I don't think it would be for long. Um, I do think Detroit's going to pl- trade Blake Griffin because he is the one player that can, that can actually get a lot of return on this roster not as much as he would in his in, in, in his last contract but I think he, that he can get a lot of return he's still under contract for another two years if he does take his player option in 2021 20, uh, so I do think you can get a lot for him I personally would trade Blake Griffin and then just get whatever you can for him uh, you got Brandon Knight Christian Wood and Langston Galloway are all unrestricted free agents this year I don't know what you're going to do with those guys I, I don't know how Detroit feels about him if 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 the right track is to keep losing games or to not try to win or whatever you want to call it. Um, just shut it down to me. I mash your draft picks, look forward to the future and uh, give, give your young guys a lot of playing time because you're going to want to develop somebody to go along with these draft picks in the next few years. Yep. That's exactly what I'm saying. You just got to keep on building the right way, hoping you're making some of the right draft picks. Honestly, if I'm the Pistons, I'm telling teams, yo, hit my line. I'll eat any bad contract for you to build assets and get more first-round picks, kind of like we've seen the Hawks do a couple of years ago. I think that's what you got to do is just try to keep on building, building, building. And also, too, try to get some value for Blake Griffin, man. I feel bad for Blake Griffin. He's stuck up there. Trade him for something. He, you can get something for Blake Griffin. I, I, I think that you can actually get good value for Blake Griffin. Um, Blake Griffin, ever since he's left the Clippers, has shown that he can be a more complete player than, than just a lob city dunker. Um, I think he's still a really good rebounder. I think he's a really good scorer, and he's actually developed a jump shot. I said that when he was still with the Clippers. He did develop his game. But um, it's one of those things to where Blake Griffin, I still think, is really good in this league. Scored 16 points a game last year in 18 games. So, you know, he's kind of banged up and hurt. 
Um, I would like to see him go to a team like the Golden State Warriors just to, just just for the fun of it. Um, but I, I think that almost any team could use a power forward like Blake Griffin. I, I know a lot of Jazz fans on Reddit are talking about it. So um, you could Blake Griffin could go almost anywhere who doesn't have a really, really, really good starting power forward. Um, get him out of Detroit. He is starting to rot over there. Yeah, see, I feel like that Blake Griffin, if he was guaranteed to be healthy, that even more teams would be in on him. The only thing is he's just always hurt all the time. But there's going to be somebody that who's willing to take a chance on him. I honestly think they'll end up moving on from Blake, and I think they're going to end up getting good value for him. I th- honestly wouldn't be shocked, though, to see them trade Blake in their first-round pick on draft night to move up a couple slots and get a higher draft pick. So that's something else to keep your eye on, too. I mean, Where are they at right it? now? Where they right now, right they're, now? They're, they're slotted to pick at an eight pick right, right after the um, Knicks. Nine yeah. then. Knicks are eight. Uh, oh, wait, the Knicks pick it. Wait, then they pick seventh in front of the Knicks. Seven in, in front of the Knicks. Okay. Yeah. It says right here we got Therese Halliburton. What do you know about him? He was injured a lot at Iowa State. Didn't see him a lot. He's a really good defender. He can get to the hole. He can pass the ball well. He's a really funky jump shot, though. That's the only thing. I don't know how well his jump shot's going to translate over, but if you know for a fact his defense and scoring will. It's just a question marks about that jumper. So would you trade up to get a guy like Obi Topin or uh, Ant-Man or Wiseman or even Ball? Like, like, would you trade up to get the best players out of this draft, or would you trade to, you know, kind of, kind of for next draft? I know you're, you're a fan of, of a lot of guys in the next draft. I'm all in on next draft. I think all these guys have question marks. Personally, I think Obi Toppin, he's number one on my big board. I think he's going to be the most sure thing in this entire draft. With all that being said, though, if I'm, you just got to take the best trade you possibly can to keep on building. If you're the, if you're the Pistons at this point, the Pistons need so much help. I mean, I would trade to get anything. I mean, shoot, maybe even get that four pick from the Bulls for Blake Griffin. Maybe that's on on the table. You know, like. You just got to see what's out there for Blake and you got to take whatever is going to set your future up the best. I mean, I would even take a future first round pick from some of these teams for him. So me too, be, Espe- especially because you say, and then you know a hell of a lot more about uh, college basketball than I do. Since you say that next year's draft is going to be like eons better than this one. Just look forward to next draft. Yeah, no, like, I mean, this draft, I guarantee you there'll be at least three all-stars that come out of this draft. I think they're going to come at weirder spots in the draft though than you would expect. I think there will be at least one or two guys that make the all-star team that go in like that 10 to 20 range. So I think I next year's draft though, like is that draft, everything that I read, everything I look at, even my knowledge of just prospects next year's draft is setting up real nice. I see at least five guys in there who could be top 10 players in the league. Nice. So the future is bright Detroit fans, but not this year, next year. Maybe three or four years, but the future will be bright at some point. Detroit fans just keep stockpiling assets and hope for the best. Well, look, I mean, at this point, you just have to be okay with the fact that you mortgaged so much of your future for the success that you had earlier on in the franchise's history. You know, like you can't Mm -hmm. be mad about it. So you went head to head with Jordan one a few times. So you can't be mad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, even even last last ten years they were winning. Even in so. 04, um, 04, you know, you can't yep. be all that mad. So it, it's it's even been after the eighties. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this Pistons got a good story franchise. They'll be back at some point, just not right now. Anyway, Cohen, I appreciate you coming on, man. Is there anything else you got to say before we get up out of here? Uh, no, um, the NBA season is coming up on us um, very quickly. So if you want me and Thomas to tell you how to bet on NBA games. Um, be on the lookout for us on the Action Network and to release podcasts about NBA betting um, specific games and look out for our post on what games we like and which spots we like to be in. Uh, it will come on as quicker than you think and especially our big Christmas Day slate. Oh, yeah. 
I'm very much excited for the NBA to be back, Cohen. Follow me on Twitter at TP3Wins, Instagram TP3Bets, Action at, at Hot Takes with TP3. Follow Cohen. Cohen, plug yourself real quick, actually. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I am on the Daily Degenerate podcast. Pinlin is on there all the time. Uh, me and Pinlin have a good working relationship. We do picks. We do a lot of conceptual stuff like this. So find me on the Daily Degenerate podcast on all major podcast platforms. Uh, you can find me on Cohen underscore Hughes or uh, TDD pod on Instagram and Twitter and um, Facebook, Daily Degenerate podcast. I post a lot of picks to there. And like Thomas said, the Action Network, if you want all our picks in real time as we make them, you get to see our records, you get to see our pages you get to see which sports we pick best at which sports we pick worse at um you can follow me on the action network at the daily degenerate podcast so check check me out in there guys yep like we said guys follow us on all those um anyway see you guys again soon